The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. To the latest episode of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com today and check out Paul Mamino's latest GPS report. The GPS report takes a look at one pitcher each week and gives you insight into what he's up to and what changes could be in store. Last week, Paul analyzed JT Brubaker, and he had a hell of a start on Friday. This week, it's Alex Cobb. Don't miss Paul Mamino's latest GPS report on Alex Cobb at rotofanatic.com. It's episode 91, the Sergey Fedorov edition. Join your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier, as they dive into would-you-rather rest-of-season scenarios, fantasy baseball style. No weird shit like you usually get into when you play this game with your friends. It's simple and easy fantasy baseball stuff. And we'll definitely play America's fastest growing game show. Guess that runner-up fab bid. Take it away, boys. Hey, it's our relate. Yeah. Plaza podcast. A couple minutes behind, but better late than never. I'm Michael Govier, host of the show. MJ Govier, GOV is Victor IER on Twitter, of course, with Christopher Deary, C. Deary, 1999. Deary, like dearly beloved. Chris Deary, it's our Wednesday show. We're going to talk about baseball. Are you ready? I am excited. I am ready to roll. Well, that's excellent news. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to have you all aboard. Don't forget, Plausible Podcast, ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. You talk. Give me two. Give me you two. Talk. We're going to talk about... <sighs> What are we going to talk about? I got the document right here. I got to catch my breath here. Sorry, if I'm late, folks. We're the reason we're behind. It's my fault. We're going to talk about stats that don't lie. Time to get some tough truths sent our way. All of us, all of us are in for a reality check. We're going to play some Would You Rather Fantasy Baseball Edition. Guess that runner-up fab bid. Everyone's new favorite game of the 2021 season. People just can't get enough of it. And we're going to talk about... Shine around the pine. The results are finally in, dearie. You did it. How did you yeah, finally finish this document? Yeah, I sent, I sent those over to you. So I did them by division. And uh, I mean, if you are a part of the Shine Ride the Pine and you were on our show as a guest within the last five months or so, then uh, you're going to be on that document somewhere. So search yeah. around, look at some of your idiotic picks, your idiotic Shine or Ride the Pines. It's been really fun to kind of look at them, especially some of the ones that we made in like January or February with guys that just aren't getting the innings that we expected they would get or they're not even in the rotation. But it's going to be really fun to breeze through and look through that stuff as we move on in the season. Yeah, you did an excellent job. You got it all organized by teams and division tabs. This is a master class in google sheets or excel well done oh thank you when did you, when did you get so good at excel 
I've been doing that shit for years, ever since uh, you know I got the director job uh, five, six years ago over at the Y, and uh, yeah, I work with Google Sheets and Excel often. I'm not oh, good I with did. like plugging in like the, uh, the 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 values and percentages and oh, all the uh, all that stuff. I, I don't know how that stuff works, but uh, if I just have to put stuff in tabs and color coordinate and do that stuff, that's fun. Well, it's excellent news. All right. Well, it's the Wednesday edition of the Palazzo Podcast. So. I was asking you, we've had a lot of great responses, people checking in, asking questions about their fantasy teams. That's why you hear the Belvedere music, the housekeeping. To those of you that are listening to the podcast version of this, hopefully it'll make more sense. Livestream people, my apologies for just bailing on the show suddenly. I did not mean for that. To <laughs> I got really nervous. I'm like, I'm hosting by myself now. Okay, I can Yeah, you're Garth all alone on the screen. You ever see that movie Scanners? Uh, so... We had a guy, KP. KP, what up? Shout out to you, my friend. He asked me the other day, should I trade Jazz Chisholm for Ozzy Albies? Deary, what would you do? Ooh, that's interesting. Jazz Chisholm is off to an electric start. Now at the top of the order with Marte out. Ozzy Albies is off to a slow start. I think he's betting like 140. His BABIP is really, really low right now. I think Albies will turn it around. He has zero steals right now, but I don't know, man. Get it? He'd, he'd be getting Ozzy? He would be getting Ozzy Albies. He doesn't want to be on the wrong side of this trade in a few months. He asked me, what would we do? What would you do? I told him that Jazz looks promising, but Albies is the clear-cut winner right now. Yeah, I, Jazz could flame out later in the year. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably pull that deal. I mean, we got a little more of a track record. And we've seen it with rookies that come up that have these electric starts like Jazz Chisholm is. He's like a top 50 player right now. There probably will be a little bit of regression, but he's doing some really, really nice things right now. But you'd be selling high on him right now for sure. No doubt about it. It's amazing that we're already talking about Jazz Chisholm in conversations with Ozzy Albies and actually questioning it. That just shows you recency bias and the impressive arrival of Jazz. He was a he is a highly touted player. He's a prospect to be reckoned with for sure. I think but what I, surprised me so far is the home runs. He's got, I think, three home runs. We didn't see much power for him from him from the minors. We obviously seen that he can steal bases, but the power is looking really nice. Yeah, and the blue hair surprised us all. I did not see that coming. I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't aware of it. But I love it. Love that blue hair, Jazz. TJ Bonnet's another guy who checked in, and he wanted to know, Yohan Moncada or Joe Musgrove for 2021 points leagues? Yohan Moncada or Joe Musgrove? I mean, Joe Musgrove is electric right now. (laughs) Yeah, especially in points leagues where innings pitch matter. I think it's – I love Moncada coming into the year, but right now he's (laughs) Musgrove's king. Yeah, I mean, it's a points league, so pitching is at a huge premium, and Musgrove, even after his start where he threw the no-hitter, I think he had 10 strikeouts the other night, so he is like a top-tier guy right now, and I think it's probably Musgrove. I think Moncada does bounce back, but right now it's not looking pretty. Yeah, it is not. And then Cozy Chazzy, who's now following us. By the way, you're all following us now. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, of course. Cozy Chazzy was asking questions. This is his first time playing fantasy baseball. And I got to tell you, yeah, welcome, Cozy Chazzy. Glad to have you aboard. He's at Chaz Sample on Twitter. Shout out to you, Chaz. First year playing fantasy baseball. He's got a pretty darn good team. His big issue is, what do I do in terms of picking up a closer with Luke Voigt coming back soon? I'm looking to maybe move Nate Lau low with Luke Voigt's arrival and maybe pick up Yimi Garcia. And I said, yeah, that's Yimi. a great call. Pick Yimi. up Yimi. Between Yimi and who are the other two guys here? Efferding. It was a Yimi or Graveman. And I'm like, I think Yimi is clearly the guy in Florida and Graveman didn't get the save yesterday or on Monday. And it's a mess there. They got Montero and Graveman and former Angel Keenan Middleton. So I think it's a little more cloudy in Seattle than it is in Miami. Yimmy's the guy. We talked about it last week. Anthony Bass has fallen to the wayside, and Yimmy's the guy, and he's been able to shut the door. So I think that Yimmy. is the man you want to get. I remember Yimmy Gate. Do you remember that? Old Yimmy Gate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same guy back then? Yeah. It was like it five years. Yeah, he was on the Dodgers, I think, yeah. and uh, yeah. something dumb. Yimmy Gate was a, a scandal that happened in an old fantasy league that we all used to be in. Or somebody picked up Yimi Garcia, but they weren't allowed to or something. And it was this whole controversy, and I had to rule on it. Because at the time, I was the commissioner. So I am now league. the commissioner of that league. Oh, you are? Oh, congratulations. I took That's over. wonderful. I thought uh, that was like that league was done and it was just like rebranded. It's not called the future anymore, though, right? It's called Back to the Future. 
Right. Okay. So there was yeah. A we 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 redrafted two years ago because it just got out of control. People got pissed at Steve because they said he was too dominant. That's well, he's just fleecing Anyways. people, man. I, I mean, he doesn't trade with me because I'm not going to allow him to do that. But he was just fleecing people and built like just this dynasty team. And I, I mean, I was fine with it. I'm like, hey, these guys made these uh, trades, but we rebooted it because we had kicked some guys out of the league and some new people had come on come in. So let's 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 start it all over again. All right. Okay. Well, Steve, friend of the show, Steve Guile, genius fantasy player in his own right. Not somebody you want to mess with. So he's probably, he's definitely one of the top three best fantasy baseball players I've known growing up for sure. He knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. Even the, so the first year we redrafted, he had a rough year, uh, finished middle of the pack and then came back last year and won it. Unbelievable. And he's in first place right now. How do you? Steve is the same Steve that was referenced on the Roto Brits pod a couple months ago when I was on with Peter and Ryan over there in the UK. And uh, ask Steve. That's what came out of that pod. Ask Steve. Steve knows. If you want to know, ask Steve. Steve's the guy who traded Kyle Tucker in the offseason for Trevor Bauer. Right now, that looks like a good trade in a keeper league because Kyle Tucker, not so great. Everybody was predicting the rise of Kyle Tucker in 2021. Uh, we're not quite there yet. Just got dropped in uh, one of my other leagues. Somebody dropped him, so I do have really? a bid in. I do have a waiver bid in for him. He was dropped. He was dropped. Is this a redraft league? This is a redraft league. Okay. We play corner infield, middle infield, and a couple utilities, but we have small benches. So if you run out of IL spots and you really need to boost up your roster, like guys, like there's good players being dropped, which makes it fun for fab bids. So. Uh, yeah, Tucker is out there. He will come off waivers tomorrow. I have a bid in, so we'll see. Shohei Otani as the pitcher was also dropped yesterday, so I also will put <gasps> in a bid for that. Nutty, man. People are nutty out there. Good Lord. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. All right. This is the Plaza Podcast. Let's get into leading off. <laughs> I posted the Palazzo Invitational standings on Sunday night, or Monday morning, actually, for a new week. I'm not going to cover it on every show. We'll usually check in on Sunday night, or I'll post the standings to keep everybody updated on Mondays. I think the leader was still Richard Sands as of Monday morning, so good job, Richard. Uh, I got murdered horribly, took a beating. By the time I looked at the standings on Monday... I had been shellacked because Lucas G. Lito fucked everybody who owns him. On a Monday, too. Monday morning. I should have just, I really made the effort of like, oh, it's Patriots Day. Make sure I got my G. Lito start in. And apparently he's a morning person. He's not a morning person. And nobody told me this in time. All this information came out after the fact. Maybe he was hard partying the night before. But yeah, that was a rough start. What, eight runs in one inning? <sighs> it, was, uh, it was abysmal. But, you know, Ryan Bloomfield, friend of the show. Also has a bloom board about pitchers that gave up seven earned runs or more last year and still ended up being borderline aces. Giolito was one of them, and there was other pitchers last year. I bookmarked that tweet, I think. I'll have to check it out. But it was a good sign. Made me feel a little bit more comfortable. One start does not a season make, especially in 2021, where we have 162 to deal with as opposed to last year, which was a total bozo season. But that was dis- it was a disappointing way to start the week. Anyways, congratulations, Palazzo Invitational leaders. I was, as of Monday, I was already down to 40th, and we knew Deary was at 55, I think. So we're not <laughs> I'm bottom not of the barrel. The pod, so. me, me and Steve Paolo are just fighting for the bottom end of the Invitational. <laughs> well, things are going to change this week. Other players are going to start rising up. We got more injuries, too. A long know. season, my friends. Yes, Ty France. Ty France has been incredible. Everything I've said about Ty France so far has been absolutely... I didn't have to wait for it. It's already happened. But he got hit by... He got hit, and he had to leave the game against the Dodgers the other day. Very disappointing. But apparently he's not majorly injured, so I'm not going to panic. I I believe he came in and pinched hit last night. Oh, he did? Even better. So so that that should be good news moving forward. Hey, Dave Petrucci in the house. What up, Dave? Dave, Good to see you, buddy. There it is. Uh, is that Nintendo Golf? Dave wants to know, is that Nintendo Golf? Uh, oh, he's asking the leading off uh, music. Uh, this. <laughs> no, that's close, though, Dave. It is Nintendo. Dave, uh, tell him what it is, dearie. RBI Baseball. Booyah! RBI Baseball 3. three. That's what it is, Dave. RBI Baseball 3. We used to play in Joe Corneo's basement all the time. A lot of fun there. So, yeah, Ty France, uh, he actually stayed in that inning and scored a run, but then he left after that. He pinched it last night. That makes me feel better. Other players are Juan Soto's on the IL. 
flat out. And it's not because of COVID either. We have to make this distinction between COVID IL stints and real injury stints. And he has a real injury. It's not good. No, it's not. I mean, we keep seeing it with these, you know, top tier guys, Ronald Acuna, uh, abdomen <sighs> issue. He sat out last night. Looks like he's sitting tonight as well. So it's it, yeah. it's frustrating if you had a Tatis, if you had an Acuna, if you had a Juan Soto. Luckily, M- Mike Trout's been playing every game and he's murdering the ball as usual. Yeah, he hit home run today this afternoon. So thanks, Mike. I actually, in my weekly lineup, or no, the bi-weekly on NFBC, I started Acuna with the hope that, because they were off Monday. The Braves were starting a series with the Yankees on Tuesday. I took a risk. I figured I might as well see if Acuna plays because the options I had beyond Acuna weren't. <laughs> if he missed one game and still played the rest of the week, it would still be worth it as opposed to me replacing him with somebody else. So I took a risk and it failed. That's what happens. Well, I hope he comes back quickly because I have him in my, my keeper league, which I'm not off to a very solid start. So I need oh, him now. Oh, come on, man. What's wrong? Is somebody hitting my, you? It's not my fault. It is your fault. You're running the team, dude. It's head to head, man. I can't help it if someone else has an amazing game. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Luck plays a lot into head to head. The nightmare can continue and totally bum you out and ruin <laughs> all joy in baseball. But like you said, it's mid April. I want to talk about the catch of the day. So let's get to it, as always. Good. Our first catch of the day. Can I guess the catch of the day? Sure, go ahead. I'd love you to uh, take a stab at it. Is the catch of the day Matt Olson? It's not. That's it a should, good. It should be. <laughs> Tell him why. Well, he hit a grand slam last night and he hit two home runs today. He's absolutely murdering the ball. Six home runs, batting over 400 the last seven days. I'm in love with Matt Olson. Anything you put on the inside of the plate, he is just murdering. He's staying back in the ball, and Matt Olson is off to an incredible start. And the A's are on fire, 10 in a row. Yeah, the A's started 0-6, and, and now they're on fire. Yep. Or the, I think it was 0-7, right? It was 0 and, uh, I think it was I think they started 1-7 because they're 11-7 and 7 now. Yeah. It's incredible. You're right. Um, it certainly is not Kenta Maeda who just continues to bum me out. I got a notification on Twitter today from my pal, Andrew Armour. That's A-R-M-E-R. No relation to Pat Armour from our high school day, by the way. Andrew Armour also kept Kenta Maeda in his keeper league over Corbin Burns. Just like I did. So we're we're buddies in the exact same pain. And then he uh, notified me today. He's like, hey, MJ Govier, you tuned into that Maeda start today? Double pain. Yeah, Andrew, trust me. I understand. I'm... What people don't know about the fact that I kept my aid, it was it was a panic moment because they have this Zoom conference that goes down before you announce your keepers. You have to announce them to get into the Zoom to talk with everybody about the keepers. <laughs> oh, so God. I I was I was wrestling with like Maeda and Burns and a couple other guys, but I really wanted to get into the chat, so they let me in. But then they found out I hadn't submitted my keepers fully, and they're like, "Oh, we got to kick you out. We need your keeper right now." This really happened, and I just said, "Oh, Maeda." Oh, I should have took more time. It's my fault. I'm taking responsibility, but I'm just letting you know the grave amount of stress I was under at the time. So oh, That's rough. Yeah, Corbin Burns is off to a historic start. Yeah, and that's what I was going to give it to. Burns has just been killer. I mean, yeah. that's the guy. The catch of the day is Burns, 40 strikeouts, no walks. 40 strikeouts, and- no walks. It's never been done. It's absolutely unbelievable he's been a joy to watch i have one share of him which has been unbelievably exciting for me and it's why i'm in the top tier of this league right now that i have mr corbin burns yeah i mean i've seen all these tweets comparing corbin burns stat line versus i'll be biased because he only has like <laughs> one walk to 31 strikeouts or some shit like that which is funny yeah. it's funny but you know come on now <laughs> easy now uh, Ignaruto two four six eight five five. Want to become famous? Oh, this is a is this a bullshit comment? God damn it! This is our we're first get, uh, spam. We're getting comment. spam. Yeah, this is our first live stream spam comment. Wow, cool. Want to become followers. famous? Buy followers and viewers. Click this link. Yep, join a frat. Buy your friends. Yeah, it's from Twitch. Maybe that tells us something. Twitch. We don't have a lot of viewership on Twitch, which is unfortunate. Uh, so I wanted to talk about. Stats that don't lie. Deary, some tough truths out there we got to face. And on April 21st, one day after 420, I hope you had a wonderful 420 yesterday, Deary. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, I I, I worked. I came home. I watched some baseball. 
Great. That's wonderful. Stats that don't lie. Zach Plesek. People are uh, concerned. They feel like what we saw last year was a prelude to something even greater in 2021. But so far, that might not be true. What is something about Zach Plesek that just does not lie, stat-wise? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't buying the hype train coming in. I said I needed to see more from him. But, I mean, the, the Ks are down to 17%. He's really having trouble getting out of innings when there's guys on base. His left on base percentage is 52%. Last year, it was 91%, 78%, and 19%. Through 18 innings, 23 hits, 14 earned runs, and that hard hit rate is up 14% from last year. He's having really, really difficult time locating the fastball, and he's struggling right now for the Indians. It looks like Aaron Savali's been the guy, but Zach Plesak, I know it was a hot name coming into the season, and he has not looked very good through his first three starts. Well, Bieber's been the guy, but you mean beyond Bieber? Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's Bieber, and then, you know, some people were talking about the big breakout from Savali. Oh, who, okay. Who, you know, it was basically Savali or Plesak. Plesak was kind of the guy early on in January or February that people were, were going after. And then Savali kind of jumped up as we got closer to the season. And Savali right now is the one outperforming Zach Plesak. So Zach Plesak needs to figure it out because he's really struggling right now. Remember when we talked about Ramon Laureano's eight steals on the last show? Amazing. And we're like, he has eight steals already. He hasn't had a stolen base since. I told you guys that <laughs> night things would slow down. They're slowing down. Nobody can steal that many bases that often. He wasn't going to so, steal 190 bases. No, not at all. We talked about Javi Baez. Uh, one walk to 31 Ks. That's god awful. Those stats don't lie. The truth is in the stats there. What about Lance McCullers? Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm not a big Lance McCullers fan and it's the same old problems i mean sure he's only pitched 13 and two-thirds innings but the problem is the walks 15 percent walk rate right now um which is almost six per nine innings um you know always below league average and left on base percentage uh exit velocity and hard hit rate but all that stuff is through the roof right now hard hit rate is 62 percent through the, the mm. short you know sample size we have he's relying a ton on his off-speed stuff at 70 percent oh. of the time and he needs to be more successful with his fastball because he he's just not. He's relying too much on his slider, which is amazing, the sl kind of slider curveball that he throws. But people are just laying off of it, and it's why he's he's walking a ton of people. So Lance McCullers is really down so far. Oh, boy. I was not a fan of Lance McCullers coming into this season. I remember talking clearly and exclusively with Jake Kalusker from Rotosaurus. Shout out to Jake. And he was not a fan either. But I saw other people were buying into it. I'm not a genius to just know that McCullers never stays healthy. He's been mm -hmm. healthy, though. That's not been the issue here. He's just giving up contact. That's the big problem, yeah. which is not something I was as concerned about. But maybe this is temporary. Maybe the better days are ahead. Maybe we'll do a stats that don't lie in a month and say, hey, McCullers is on a roll. Yeah, it's it's just a rough start for him. It, it, you know, back back to Javi Baez, one walk in sixty four plate appearances, thirty one strikeouts. He is on pace to murder Mark Reynolds' record of two hundred and twenty five Ks in a season. He's on pace for he is on pace for over three hundred strikeouts in a season. That's insane. My God. Yeah, that uh, Javi Baez. I think the first week of the season he was exciting for people. Like, oh, Javi Baez. He does have. Five, he's got five, five stolen bases. That's that's so, nice. Yeah, that's nice. So it's not not all hope is lost with him, but we know he doesn't walk. He also has four homers and twelve ribbies, so he's producing a little bit. He's just not. He's never going to be a points guy when it yeah. comes to walks in OBP leagues. I've always avoided him, and my home leagues in OBP league, I will continue to avoid him. Yeah, and the Cubs are a mess right now. I think they have the second or third worst run differential in the league. They just cannot score. So it's been rough if you got a Baez or a Rizzo or anybody else with the Cubs because oh. they are really struggling right now. Well, Rizzo had two home runs Sunday night. That yeah, but nice. he hadn't done anything before that besides, you know, walking, walking, bat that 140 or whatever. That is true. Yes, he did have right. two, two home Bryant, runs, though. Bryant's also had a two homer game. So there's signs of life from those two guys, but nobody else. That's the problem. Yeah. Ian Happ has been horrible. Oh God! I have so many shares of Ian Happ, and he's just killing me. I'm, I'm, I've just been benching him the last three or four days. He did walk a couple times last week, but he's a guy that I really expected a breakout at the top of the order for the Cubs, and it has not happened. We got a siren alert here. Hey, everybody! It's Deary's wife. First time she showed up on the show. Hi, Christina. Hey. <laughs> no, I had the wrong button. I want to cheer for it. Finally. Good to see you. 
Yankees fan, guys, remember that. Don't forget she's a Yankees fan. So. Uh, <laughs> Hello. What about, yeah, what about Jorge Soler? Oh, God, I'm so glad I got rid of this guy in the offseason. <laughs> you think got, it's a fluke? You think uh, the 2019 was uh, the one time where he finally cashed in and that'll be it? Well, as of right now, it's looking like he's only got one home run. Uh, 37% K rate. He's he's more of a guy that's, you know, in those two successful seasons he had. Like last year, he was okay. The year before that, 48 home runs was amazing. So he was more towards like a 25% K rate. 37% is not good at all. Um, and he's just not barreling the ball up at all. 6.9%. He's a 12% for his career um, over the last two years. Now, his launch angle is up a tick, and his fly balls are up, but he's just hitting pop-ups, and he's seeing a ton of sliders. So I, I think he will start to pick it up here soon, but anybody who was expecting 40 home runs from Jorge Soler, like he's really got to change some stuff in his swing. He's got to start hitting more line drives. He's got to lay off these sliders or else he's going to struggle all season. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. You're right about that. Uh, okay, cool. Well done. Nice job. You did that segment perfectly. Stats that don't lie. No bullshit there, just the truth, guys. Uh, with Plesak, McCullers, Baez, and Soler... Of those four players you mentioned here, which of the four are you most concerned about right now? Of those four, like you, you, you don't expect you're not expecting good things at all this year. Uh, well, I mean, I think Javi Baez, he's doing what he normally does. He doesn't walk and he he strikes out a bit. I don't think he's going to strike out 300 times in the season. That's that's going to come back to earth. I, I'm not terribly concerned about him, but he's also not someone that I have a ton of shares in, especially in in like a points league, right? Um. McCullers, he's kind of doing exactly what I would thought he would. I would think he would do. Um, probably the most concerning right now is is Zach Plesac, but it's it's eighteen innings, so you you got you got to give it some time. With pitchers, I think it's more of you got to wait till they have you know five six starts before you get really concerned. I was really concerned about like a Jesus Lazardo for his first free starts. He had one good start against the Dodgers last night. He looked really good in five and a third, and I freaked out because they took him out. And I was forgetting that it was a seven inning game. I forgot it was a doubleheader. But I, I think ah. Zach Zach Plesek's probably the most concerning right now. Oh dear, Dave McDonald would not like to hear that. Sorry, Dave. I don't. I haven't heard from Dave. He might be in hiding right now. But uh, <laughs> knowing Dave, he's not one to back down. So I don't think that's really the case. Dave will always stand up if he's wrong. He'll admit he's wrong. But it's only three weeks. So yes, let's let's see how things go. But Savale is looking nice. I'm glad I got at least one share of Savale mm -hmm. as far as Cleveland pitching goes. You're listening to the Hands of Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network, of course. Go to rotofanatic.com and check out our latest article from Phil Goyette and follow Phil on Twitter, Climbing the Rookie Ladder. That's what it's all about. He keeps you updated on hitters. That's right. You want to know what's going on with the rookies? How about Jazz Chisholm? We talked about your mind, Mercedes. He's still around. Zach McKinstry, the Dodgers. Akil Badu, our guy, who... Uh, I don't know, dear. You kind of quieted down a bit here. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I think well, the, we started the talking about the Akil Badu. I wasn't, cliff. I wasn't buying in, and then I was in for a couple days. And I mean, the Tigers have been a mess these last two series. They just they can't score. It's an ugly lineup to look at. Yeah. And, okay, I'll kill the Akil Badu song here. Uh, but why did the Tigers designate Renato Nunez? When Mikel Cabrera's still on the IL and he hit some bombs for them, was he striking out so much that they wanted Zach Short to come up and play more? Zach Short? I'm not. Why? Well, I guess yeah. they had to make room for Turnbull, but I. No, but they like, brought up Zach Short, too. Yeah. And now, like, Scope's your first baseman? I mean, apparently Cabrera is supposed to come back at the end of the weekend, but. We'll see, though. That, how, that bicep's how, giving him trouble. How, how much are you re relying on him to be your first baseman? Like. Jonathan Scope is going to be your first baseman the rest of the season, like 80% of the time. Renato Nunez was given assignment to go to Toledo before the season started. Yes. He accepted that. Mm -hmm. And I assume he accepted that with like the kind of a spoken agreement, like, yeah, you'll be back shortly, which he was. But then they drop him barely a week later, which is I probably know. not the agreement he probably thought was going <laughs> he's down. Probably, he's probably pissed, man. I don't understand what the Tigers are doing. There's a lot of talk around town here, um, you know, because we are Detroiters of when are the Tigers going to spend some money in the offseason and stop going through these one year deals, the, the Jonathan Scopes, the CJ. Well, it's not going to be the year the, after the pandemic. The, the I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
But it's like they're in year five of a rebuild, and you can't just depend on the young rookies that are pretty much all pitchers besides, you know, a do with Badu, which was basically like a gem do, that do, they do. that they found. But when, when are the Tigers going to spend some money? You got to spend some money to to become competitive. You can't just do it with all rookies around. So we'll see if they do something in the offseason next year. But here at the Plaza Podcast, we're not the biggest fans of Mr. Illich. He's not the old man. Well, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. Yeah, Chris Illich is trash. Chris Illich is trash. We're not fans of Chris Illich. All right, let's move on forward here into some more fantasy talk. I want to talk about Deary's Shine Around the Pine document, which we will cover here in a bit. But I wanted to get into a little bit of a would-you-rather fantasy baseball-style edition. Would you rather blah or blah? Rest of season here. Players you would rather have rest of year. Would you rather be stuck with this situation? or uh, I don't know. Would you rather be... <sighs> Zach McKinstry rest of season, or would you rather have Gleyber Torres? That's actually a legitimate argument right now because Gleyber Torres sucks. Sorry, yeah. Christina. You must be just, as a Yankees fan, you got to be pissed. Gleyber Torres is a nightmare. Apparently he's, I saw the stat on Twitter about him being like God awful with the bases loaded over the last couple of years. Did you say the, the Yankees have been God awful with the bases loaded. Oh, it's so bad. I want to look it up and find it, but uh, we're doing a little, would you rather? Usually it's like, Hey, would you rather, uh, you know, eat a taco filled with poop, oh, or God, would you rather have Taco Bell versus Wendy's? Would you rather have diarrhea for a week or oh, eat a taco filled with poop? That's a tough one, it's right? Terrible. It's terrible. I know. You think like the easy one would be, oh, I'll have diarrhea for a week, but that takes a toll. We're talking a week, seven days. It gets tough. Rough you butt. Ne- Ravishing ne- Rick Rough Butt will be in full progress. <laughs> you would never get that taste out of your mouth. So I, I, I take the sitting on a toilet for a week. Yeah, I've never eaten poop either, but I, I have my doubts. Oh. All right, so would you rather fantasy baseball style? Deary, give us yes. your first one. Give me your first one. Okay, the first one is someone that we just talked about. Actually, two guys we just talked about. Jazz Chisholm versus Glaber Torres for the rest of the season in a redraft. Hmm. Oh, by the way, here it is. Uh, this is from Katie Sharp at KT Sharp on Twitter. Glyber Torres is now three for 25 Holy with the bases shit. loaded since the start of 2019. Three for 25 wow. with the bases loaded. Wow. That's awful. That's that's unbelievable. That's really bad. That's really bad. The bases are loaded. You, you could sack fly a bunch of those. Those wouldn't count as at bats. It doesn't say RBI, so who knows? Maybe he did get a bunch of sack flies, but still, it's not not productive what I wonder what the league average is with the bases loaded. I would say it's, I mean, it's got to be like, it's got to be between 250 and 300, I would think. Hmm. Yeah, bases loaded league average. I'll look into that. But as far as Jazz Chisel and Glaber Torres, rest of season redraft. uh, I'm going to stick with Glaber Torres because he's got a pedigree. He's still. He's, he's had years where he's crushed the ball. He's just on a bad way right now. I know that everything seems to be trending the other way, but I'm dismissing 2020. Just forget that. But in 2019, he was looking promising. He's just off to a slow start, too. It's also April. It's the beginning of the year. This is when bad streaks start. You know, it's, I, I said this on the show last week. I'd rather start out crappy and finish strong. So this is fine with me. It is. Yeah, I mean, Jazz Chisholm is off to a really great start. I mean, we, we see this often where guys go on these two, three-week runs. He's, he's walking really well, 17% rate. He's got a couple stolen bases. He's got three stolen bases. Actually, he has four. He stole one today. He's now batting leadoff. He's hitting the ball to all fields. He's handling breaking pitches very well, which I love. Like, Jazz Chisholm, ride that train right now, but for the rest of the season, I think it's Gliber. He just hasn't found his groove yet. His hard hit rate is down a ton. It's at 10% right now, and he's striking out a lot more. Four runs to one RBI. I gotta believe the Yankees get it together offensively at one one point, and uh, I don't think Glaber's gonna bat one eighty two for the season. Wow! All right, yeah, that's a that's a tough one, Al. I gotta say, I got one for you, Deary. Yes. Would you rather have rest of season redraft? Of course, Rafael Montero or. Devin Williams. Oh, God. This is, oh, wow. This is a great one. The concern with Devin Williams is that shoulder. He's still ramping up. He's been dropped in a bunch of leagues that I'm in. Yeah. And do. it's, 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 it's difficult because the guy was unbelievable. Even if he wasn't going to close for the Brewers, his ratios were just phenomenal. 
Montero's been okay. He's got three saves. He's only pitched in, I think, like nine or ten innings. The The Mariners are off to a really, really nice start. I think I got to go with the guy that's a little more healthy right now. I'm concerned about Devin Williams. The velocity is not there. And, you know, he, he's going through some shoulder issues. I mean, sure, it was a short season last year, but they pitched him a ton last year. And the Brewers are off to a pretty good start, too. And the upside with, with Devin Williams is fantastic. But, I mean, he is blocked from getting saves. Hater's the guy there. And Montero's been pretty good so far. So I, I would probably go with Montero. He's going to continue to get the opportunity because I think the Mariners are going to be in a lot of games this year. Yeah, Montero, even in his own situation with Graveman and Keenan Middleton, like I said, it's a mess there. And Devin Williams is not the Devin Williams of last year because it was a short sample size. I regret that I drafted Devin Williams one time in TGFBI. That was stupid. I I stayed away from both of these guys. I mean, mainly because, like you said, with with Williams and then him being blocked by, by Hayter. And with Montero, I just didn't, like, you know, he hasn't really shown much. When he was in Texas, he didn't really do much. And, you know, it's a fluid situation in Seattle, but he's he's been okay in, in his situation. So if, if he can hold on to that back end of the pen, I, I think he's he's upwards to 15 to 20 saves. All right, give me another one. Let's go with – so one guy who was, who's, been, who's been pretty poor, a, a guy you like a lot, and another guy who's just been steady, Eddie, you know, dependent as always, Luis Castillo – pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, and Zach Wheeler of the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, boy. Uh, It's been a real, real mess for Castillo. Yeah. There's been some velocity dips, I believe. Yep, Uh, it's it's down two miles per hour. Yes. And he got ripped in San Francisco. I mean, he kind of got away with his last start wasn't as great as it should have been either. He might have been lucky. And Zach Wheeler's a guy who I've just never liked because he never delivers consistently. He can rack up some decent outings and stretches. He'll give you a half. I remember that one second half a couple years ago. He's fantastic. Yeah. Like, oh, Zach Wheeler's on the brink of becoming an ace. And it didn't quite develop. So this is tough. I actually think I think I'll go. <laughs> this one, this one is tough. Uh, I don't know, boy. This is so hard. I- well, it's like, can it be this bad for Castillo the whole time? He's throwing his changeup forty percent of the time, and everyone's just laying off of it. Like you, you talked about his last start could have been worse. He got out of a bases loaded jam twice last night. Like it could have been a lot worse. Damn, man, that is so difficult. I, I think I'm gonna go with Castillo by a hair here because I think he <laughs> could be better than this. That there was a lot of excitement for me too, my buddy. That Roto Fanatic were talking him up a bit, and other people I respect, like uh, Michael Simeone, SP Streamer, say, oh, Luis Castillo, he's going to have the breakout season. I don't know if that's going to happen, but rest of year right now, I'd be willing to take a chance on Castillo and that gorgeous changeup, which is a great pitch mm-hmm. still. Yeah, I, I, I would probably lean the same way. I mean, Wheeler has gotten out of a ton of jams. He's still throwing the ball 97 miles per hour. Uh, his slider has been good, but his efficiency with his fastball location has been pretty poor so far. He's been lucky, like I said, by getting out of jams. But I think Lu- Luis Castillo is a guy that you could throw out a trade and get him for a pretty good price right now because it can't get any worse. Now, now it does concern me is that his fastball is down two miles per hour, but he's not going to depend on his fastball. If he can just locate that, you know, in in a spot where you know, he's not going to get a ton of hard contact and he's not going to be barreled up a ton, which has been happening a lot. He's just going to depend on that changeup and his changeup is electric and he's, he's throwing it probably a little more than needs to be and his swing and yeah. strike rate is down right now. But I, I think he's still just trying to figure it out for the start of the season. I think he will be okay moving forward. We're playing a good old fashioned game of would you rather right now? Fantasy baseball style, rest of season. Deary, would you rather have Steven Matz or Carlos Rodon. Ooh, boy. Uh, Two pitchers who, uh, early on, exceeding expectations wildly. Somebody uh, sent me a trade offer for Steven Matz. It was a fourth-round pick. for, or Someone was trying to give me Steven Matz for a fourth-round pick. Now, this is a league that we play K per nine, and uh, quality starts, and bullpens are huge. So starting pitching just isn't that important. And and I don't need Stephen Matz, so I, I I rejected it immediately. But Stephen Matz has been pretty good. I mean, through three starts, he's three and zero, which is fantastic. Now he's also a guy who hasn't got much of a 
good track record. He was a disaster with the Mets his, his, his last couple of years there. And obviously there's some recency bias with Rodon. He looked amazing in his bid for the perfect game that got blown up by him hitting someone on the foot. Oh man, this one's tough. I will probably go with Rodon. Uh, he had an okay start last night. Uh, I like the pedigree of his fastball being back. Uh, and he's, he's out there to prove, prove all the doubters wrong. He was a top draft pick. I think he was number three overall several years ago. And he's back with the White Sox. He's back with the White Sox. And it's difficult because Rodon really wasn't that good when his first stint with the White Sox. I think he had like one decent year and then then the injuries caught up with him. So if he can stay away from that injury bug and continue to to show some of the stuff that he showed last week when he threw that no hitter, then I think it's probably him going forward. He's also a guy that I might try to sell right now as well. Matt's I, I think Matt's comes back to earth. I don't think he's someone who's going to win double digit games and that ERA is not going to sit between like, it's, it's not going to be under four. It's going to be over four, especially in that division that they play in. Once the Yankees get going, he's going to have more struggles. So I would go with Rodon here. Two lefties. I like that. Yeah, both of them hot out the gate. The whip is what impressed me with Matt's. He's at .81 right now. There's no way that can last. His expected ERA versus his ERA, 2.54. Real ERA is 147. So there's a there's a whole run gap between what he's given up and what is expected of him. Uh, the walk rate's around a, basically a career norm. Not too bad. The hard hit rate is what's down right now. He's not giving up as much hard contact. Last year, he was... Worst in league, one of the worst in league, 49% hard hit percentage. Right now it's a 37, so career 35. I think last year is the short sample outlier, mm-hmm. and I think he's getting back to who he was, and the Blue Jays might have got themselves a nice little deer. I don't think they gave up too much. I know it was a three-way trade with them and Boston mm-hmm. and Kansas City with the Benintendi and Khalil Lee and all that. Right, because uh, he's, he's, get, he's lead, getting a so. ton of ground balls right right now, and the BABIP is below 200. That will probably spike up closer to a 300. He's he's normally a guy that uh, sits around 300, yeah. so I, I think he's gotten a little lucky. Walk rate, like you said, has been the same, and the the K's are okay. It's a, it's kind of on average of what he's done in his career. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, not bad. I mean, it it could be a hidden gem that the Blue Jays got if he goes back to what he was back in 16 and 18 with the Mets, where he was pretty solid. All right, give me your last one real quick. Last one real quick. So two closers. uh, What's the game we're playing? What are we playing? Would you rather? Thank you. Right? So would you rather, for the rest of the year, in a redraft-only league, have Craig Kimbrell, who I didn't recognize last night. He's got long hair and a beard now. I'm like, who is that guy on the mound? I'm like, oh, shit, it's Craig Kimbrell. (laughs) Craig Kimbrell versus Matt Barnes with the Red Sox, the red-hot Red Sox. Unfucking real. Un- I mean, Matt Barnes. All right. I always praise Vlad Sedler on this show. Always. Like, I bring him up, and it's always in a positive light. He's, He's the king. He's yeah, but I still can recall the tweet. He said, friends don't let friends draft Matt Barnes. <laughs> so I took that to heart, and I also talked Everybody to did. Yeah, I took to my relo, my fellow Roto fanatic pals like Paul Mamino and Carm Majorano. Shout out to all those guys, and we we're talking about Matt Barnes in our Slack chat in the off season. And I remember people saying this guy walks too many people. Uh, even Matt Williams, people he walks, he walks too many people. Yep. Well, right now he's getting all, he's getting the job done. He looks great. So he is. is this a fluke? I think so. I mean, K's are up, walks are down, socks are off to a great start. I'm just waiting for the wheels to to come off. Everybody was bail. Most people publicly and out loud were bailing on Matt Barnes and yep. say, Adam out of Eno. That's why the Yankees traded out of Eno. The Red Sox took advantage of the Yankees in this situation because the Yankees had bullpen parts to spare. And I don't know. I, I mean, you, everything is in the red on his stat cast page for Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. Expected Benning slugging. Woba, expected Woba. The only thing that's purple is the hard hit percentage. He's being shelled when he, yeah. people do make contact. He's getting a so ton of ground. Time? He's getting a ton of ground balls right now. That just not finding luck. holes. Yeah, you're right. That's it, dear. You just nailed it. Ground balls, max EV of one fifteen. Troubles brewing. And I, I bet in a month from now he's no longer the closer. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, he. I I think he may have a long leash. I I, I haven't really looked into to see what the rest of that bullpen has done so far. 
but like I said, I think I'm just waiting for the wheels to fall off. Um, I have zero shares of Matt Barnes, and it was a lot of what Vlad said, Sadler was saying at the start of the season. The, you can't be a closer with a devastating walk rate that he has always had. I always felt he was much better in that setup role. A couple of years ago, he was really, really good in that setup role. And then as soon as they gave him the closer role, everything fell apart. Yeah, I'm taking Kimbrell all day. Like I said, they prop him up to trade him eventually. If the Cubs can hang around and be in it, then maybe they won't trade him and they'll actually use him as their closer. But he's been stellar. Craig Kimbrell has been stellar. I'll take Kimbrell rest of year, even though Barnes looks great right now. Don't believe the hype. Barnes is a lie. You're a lie, Barnes. I mean, Kim- Kimbrell right now is doing what he what he always does in terms of walking guys. Like, like that's always going to be there. But he always he, he gets out of trouble when guys are on base, and the velocity is there. He has no saves right now, but it's because the Cubs are a mess. What a mess. All right. You listen to the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com right now. Check out the Data Monster. It's got all the stats you need to discover the formula for victory in 2021 and beyond. Prospects, we got you covered down the road, too. Prospect outcomes for years ahead. Dig into that thing. It's a cute, cuddly, little, sweet, little buddy. I love the data monster. He's so Deary, cute. He's so <laughs> cute, dear. Yeah, I love that guy. Deary, I want to make note. Yes. And I hope everybody else did this. That's Spencer Turnbull in like 10 leagues. Almost every league I could think of. He was on uh-huh. my bench or on an IL spot. I was waiting for him to return. He's he back right today. He Five doing? innings, six Ks. Good times. Two to one lead over the Pirates. Everything I hope. No, for. Okay. It was a perfect okay. matchup today. Perfect. This is the perfect way to come back against yeah. the Pirates. Yeah. So. In, a, in, a, in a doubleheader game. So like, you know, the. Get four or five innings out of him, but six Ks are are good. We like to see that. And I mean, his fastball, he has a great fastball. He just, he never knows where it's going to go half the time when he throws it because it moves so well, but yeah. really, really encouraging that he comes back, um, you know, what, with what Casey Mize has come come out and done. Uh, Scooble came out of the bullpen today and looked okay. He got out of a couple jams. So, so we'll see going forward. Matt Boyd's looked pretty good too, but obviously the Tigers can't do anything offensively but really encouraging for spencer turnbull i would say if spencer turnbull is available in your league and he you know just came in and started today give a look at turnbull i think he's a guy that probably gives the best fantasy value on the tiger staff no ill effects from covid going on folks trust me he looks like he's ready to go he feels good he's going to give you innings and that's all that matters plus that slider is a great pitch it's a really yep. nasty pitch I've, it's this is proven Ben Palmer, who works over at Pitcher List, he was on the show earlier this year. He does the top 10 nastiest pitches every year. And I think it was 2019 that Turnbull was on that list. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. That's when I really started to get more into Turnbull. He has a pitch that is a wipeout slider that is, in terms of chase rates, getting people swing and miss. That's all I care about. And he does that well. All right. Time to play. Guess that runner-up fabbit. Yeah, we got to get some music for this one. I will. There'll be plenty of music, of course, on the podcast version. YouTube sucks. They take all the fun out of everything, so you can't have music. Because if you use music on a show, apparently you're an evil, evil cheat. So dumb. But we played this game before. We do the Fab Show, which has been a big success. Everybody's loving our Sunday evening Fab Show, where we talk about upcoming bids and waiver wire pickups and streamers for the week. We'll be doing that every Sunday night. So thank you for those that have tuned in and supported us and connected with us on the live stream. You guys are the people that make it happen. Sub our YouTube channel. That's where the magic is happening. Because the Fab Show, it's just not as good in podcast form after the fact. You need that real-time in the moment updates, especially when you're running waiver wires and fab bids on Sunday nights. So, dearie, I got one for you first, and hopefully you got some for me. I'm going to give you a player, and you're going to tell me, hey, how much did that guy go for? No, we want to know the runner-up bid. So, in my TGFBI league, where is it? Oh, what what the hell? (laughs) My page is frozen. Hey, page, get a clue. Sorry, guys. Internet buzzkill. Here we go. Kendall Graveman. Okay. This is great because he also, uh, there was a bid in my TGFBI for Kendall Graveman as well. Of course there was. He was one of the big hits of the weekend. Kendall Graveman was bid $171. That was the winning bid. Holy shit. Now you tell me. Yeah, holy shit. What was the runner-up bid? $90. Not bad, not bad. 112. That's a good guess, though. That's a good guess. 
Yeah, $112 was the runner-up to the $171 winner. He went for $77 in my league. God damn it, see? There's no consistency to this. Each league is dependent and differs. You can have fab bids and people who are the experts in, you know, like Vlad's the fab whisperer. Sure he is, but league dependent, you're going to see different results for the same player. All right, give me one. What do you got? All right, Lou Trevino, hot name in this past Ooh. week. I, I, I figured he would be one of the top two or three guys off the list. He was the top guy this week with a bid from our boy Matty Wood. Hey! $278. $278. What is the runner-up bid for Lou Trevino, bullpen arm for the Oakland A's? Well, it's a good investment because I think last week he had two saves and a win. Very busy week for him. He could just stepped right into that role and he's done well. $278. The runner-up bid has got to be... Two seventy three, two twenty two. Ah, okay. I was the, at least in the twos. I got that yeah. right. I can look. Well, it, like it's not too much over. Like he spent two seventy eight. I mean, it's good to see that someone else bid over two hundred dollars. It would have been really bad if the next bid was like fifty bucks. Yeah, yes. That's those are the ones that hurt the most. Okay, how about another one for you, dearie? I have uh, yeah, Zach McKinstry. Very popular name as well this past weekend of the Dodgers. With the news that Cody Bellinger has a hairline fracture and he might not be back for a while still, Zach McKinstry is making the most of his opportunity. And he was bid at $169. That was the winning bid. What was the running up bid to buck sixty-nine? I'm going to go with what the winning bid in my TGFBI league was, and it would be 152 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The actual answer was 67. A big graph off on this one. So, yep. Runner, runner up bid in my TGFBL league was 78 compared to the winning bid of 152. Is that so bizarre? God, that is so bizarre, really is. man. Yeah. Okay, give me another one. How about hometown guy Michael Fulmer? He was inserted into the mm. rotation once Tehran went down. Uh, he did a spot start today and looked pretty good. To start, and then I think he gave three runs up in the fourth and the, the the first half of the double dip today. Yeah. Winning bid for Michael Fulmer, forty-one dollars. What is the runner-up bid? <laughs> uh, Thirty-seven. Ooh, pretty close. Thirty-three is the runner-up bid for ah. Michael Fulmer. Drats. Michael Fulmer was also picked up in my TGFBI league. $128, though. We're Holy spending a lot shit. more money in my wow. league than your league, apparently. Yeah, big time. Good Lord. Okay. All right, let me give you one more here. Uh, I want to make this interesting. Oh, okay. How about this? DJ Stewart. DJ Ooh. Stewart of the Baltimore Orioles. One of my favorite players. I love DJ Stewart. He doesn't hit for average, but he's got power and speed, and he can walk. He's got a good eye. DJ Stewart went for $19. What was the runner-up bid? Wow, $19. I I should go back to last week's bids where Stewart went, and it was more than $19. I know that. Um, I would say the runner-up bid was $15. So close. That's a great answer. 16 was the answer. 16. That's a really good response, though. Yeah. Why do I get, like, the you're a loser uh, sound? (laughs) I get it, too. I give it to myself. (laughs) I was wrong last time. Give me I'm one more. One. Oh, okay. Let's see here. Oh, man, none of these guys are interesting. Let's oh. go with a guy who's been pretty good so far. Uh, Jacob Junis. Starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. Went for $18. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say $11. $16 was the runner-up bid for Jacob Junis. There it is. That is another edition of Guess That Runner-Up Fab Bid. We hope you enjoyed it. It's always a good time to play that game. I love that game. It's a lot of fun. Brian K., one of our dedicated listeners and viewers on the live stream. Brian K., what up, buddy? He says, hey, fellas, I got one piece of advice, as it happened to me last (laughs) week. When managing lineups on multiple teams with your start-sit moves and IL activations... 
Make sure you hit done or submit. Oh no, poor Brian. That's that hurts. Yeah, you wanna you wanna finish the transaction by submitting or clicking done and getting a check mark or some type of dialog box that says, "Hey, you did it." You Brian, know, it's I'm actually so one of the few things I actually like about Yahoo is you don't have to hit any submit button or anything. You just move the guy there and it's it's submitted. It's the one thing that Yahoo does well. Yeah, remember it used to be the classic way where you actually you had to click the arrows and then still save it. And then they yeah. finally switched to that, whatever, that Java Flash version, whatever it is yeah. now. You're right. That's true. Rarely do we give credit to Yahoo, but when it's deserved, we'll give it to them. Brian says a couple of sites autosave it, like Deary just mentioned. And then you get comfortable. It makes you taste metal when you bite your <laughs> cheek. Ew. Brian, that's disgusting. Metal. Ew. Metal. It tastes like a Heineken. It's like a Coors Light. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Uh, before we go, I wanted to do... Okay, I'm going to do a couple of things here. We're going to blow it out real quick. Uh, this is called Return of the Mac. Players that are on the brink Ooh. of returning that will make an impact. Return Ooh. of the Mac. That's right. Return of the Mac. Was that 95, 96? I was saying 97. I was definitely driving by then. So, yeah, 97. I sometimes were, I confuse Return of the Mac with uh, Craig Mac, Flavor in the Year, which is a different song. 1996, Deary. 96. Okay. okay. Anywho, players that are about to make an impact and help your squad. Now, we're trying to get ahead of the game here. We're probably talking future fab bids, but you might have them on your IL roster, COVID, etc. Get ready. Player number one for me is Brendan Rogers. Remember Brendan Rogers, okay? Colorado Rockies, he was exciting in spring. He was running, and he was hitting, and there was a chance that he was really going to maybe have that breakout season we've all been waiting for. He's getting closer to returning, and he's on the brink of coming back to the Rockies no later than the end of the month, most likely. So I think there's an impact here. I know the Rockies can be annoying as hell. Their roster decisions are the bafflers of all bafflers. There's no doubt about it. But Brendan Rodgers is out there, and I want you guys to take advantage of it. So pick him up now. If he's on the free agent wire, stash him on the IL or make whatever roster move accordingly allows you to do that in your league. Beautiful. Deary? Brandon Rogers. You got one? Yeah, I mean, Key Brian Hayes uh, should be at the alternate site today. And I'm really interested to see how he recovers from this wrist injury. Uh, obviously, he had an amazing season last year, and he was a hot name. Really started moving up a lot of the draft boards as as we got closer to the season starting, and then it was just a real bummer that he went down early. Pirates have been competing. Uh, there's some guys doing really well. Uh, Brian Reynolds is batting over 300 right now. Phil Evans has been a guy who's who's come out of nowhere, who's probably going to hit the bench now that Hayes is going to come back. But keep an eye on Hayes if you have him on your roster, just how he progresses with that wrist once he comes back, and hopefully we see him here in the next week. Guess who pitched 29 pitches and then left? Who? Denilson Labette. 29 oh, pitches, God. and that was it. How did it look? Told you! He's done. He left with forearm tightness. I mean, Oh, did he? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. He left in the second inning because he can't pitch. He's not healthy. Why do they try to live a lie? Why do they try to make us believe this bullshit? Who's believing this? I'm not believing I wasn't either, but they kept pushing it on us like we're morons. And every time anybody asked me, hey, do you think Lamette's healthy? I'm like, there's just no way. It's, it's I, not It's not for us, man. Well, we were right. We were right about this one. And I feel really good about that because that's just a bunch of shit. And that makes me question the Tatis injury, too. Like, what do we really know there? He has mm-hmm. Tatis has not been a world beater since he came back either. How long can this go? How What can he really give each and every one of us from a fantasy perspective this year. Truly. I, I'm not in on Lamette whatsoever. I, I, he's a two-pitch guy, and he's got injury histories, and he hasn't pitched a ton of innings. Like, I, I, I'm out. I don't want any part of Denelson Lamette. And 29 innings today, like, maybe he needs to go the Rick and Keel route and become a hitter. Yeah, Tatis had a hit and a walk today. So if you were wondering, hey, well, he did something. I mean, if that's what you expected from your top five overall pick, then great. Congratulations. A hit and a walk. Hit yeah, MLB Network, the year. MLB Network was doing this thing on Tatis the other night where he's switching to this like two-handed swing to protect his shoulder now, which I think is really interesting. <laughs> God 
damn it. Denelson Lamette failing. I, I wasn't rooting for him to fail, but it was just so obvious. Don't try to bullshit us, Preller. I respect <laughs> you. You made a lot of good moves, but don't fuck with us. We're yeah, he made, he made these moves because he knows Lamette cannot be healthy. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, okay, I want to cover... I want to give more time to the Shine and Ride the Pine document, but I want to give it a lot more time. So let's do it on Friday. We'll we'll Excellent. set a segment up yeah. and we'll dedicate it because I really want to talk about some of the opinions and results that came through. Okay. Uh, I think we're having a, I think we confirmed this, Eric Samulski is going to join us on Friday. Okay. He's a pitching dude. He knows pitching. He's online. He's a pretty cool guy. He's at Samski, S-A-M-S-K-I-N-Y-C. And... Uh, if he's not coming on Friday, then he's going to come on next week. But I'm pretty sure we're going to set that up. He was actually stuck in Barbados because there was that volcano wouldn't let him fly out. You know, that whole there's a big volcano that exploded. I have no idea about the volcano in Barbados. I know. Neither did I. I mean, but there's a whole thing going on out there in the world that we don't even know about. But he's back safe and sound in New York City. So he'll be on the show. And then we're going to have uh, Aaron Pags, Aaron, our guy from the uh, God. Oh, my God. He's going to he's going to yell at me. Aaron, don't yell at me. You're a good man and thorough. He's going to be on the show next week, I believe, at Fantasy Triage, of course. That's how I know him. But Aaron Pags is a great guy. He really knows his relief pitching, too. And he's been a big, huge proponent of our show. So I'm really looking forward to having awesome. Aaron come on the show next week. He does the show with uh, Nate Markham, which is a great podcast that you yep. should all be checking out in your own right. And he lives in Charleston, South Carolina. I can't wait to talk to him about Charleston because I used yeah. to live there. Your old stopping grounds. I mean, you've lived everywhere in the in the... This be great. Uh, season has started. We're gonna have our first uh, set of guests coming on. This this is great. I'm yeah, it's gonna be really cool. I'm looking forward to it myself. Um, oh, quickly, anybody else come that's about to come back that you want people to know about? Uh, Tiasker Hernandez uh, should be back here in the next week. Uh, interested to see what happens uh, if he's experiencing any kind of like letdowns from having COVID and being out for the last couple of weeks. Uh, so he should be back here next week. The Blue Jays certainly need him. He's actually been dropped in a couple of my leagues, which is interesting to me, but he also didn't start off very hot. So this is going to be really, really interesting to see if Tioscar gets it going after having COVID. It's kind of going to be our first guy who's been out for an extended period of time because of COVID and then coming back. So does he go the oh. Freddie Freeman route where he ends up MVP? Or is it going to be more <laughs> of a Juan Moncada from last year? What's it going to be? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no prediction on this one. No insane fantasy take for Tiasco. <laughs> I'm too scared. What about Julian Merriweather? Is he coming back soon? I think they said he was going to stick on the DL for more than ten days. Um, yeah, I'm kind of waiting on him, and I have him and Romano in one of one of my leagues, and I'm kind of running out of patience because I got a couple more guys injured, and I don't have any spots. Uh oh, spaghetti! Yeah, he is not coming back. When the IL stint expires, it's an oblique, though. The original reporting was about a hip injury, but it ended up being the oblique. So that's going to be something as a pitcher, pain in the ass, right? Dude, you, you, yeah, absolutely. If your arm's not hurting, it, your legs are in trouble. If your legs are in trouble, it's just as bad as an arm, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. Uh, otherwise, there's not a ton of guys that... I mean, the big-name players like George Springer, you would already have on your roster. But I, yeah. as far as looking for guys that are off the radar that might be coming up or making an impact, uh, I'm not, I didn't see a ton of options right now. And I want you guys to be aware of all possibilities going forward on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo of Energy Baseball Podcast, part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. Don't forget, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com is our email. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, our YouTube channel, 2Ls, 2Zs. Give me two. We love talking baseball with you guys. We'll be back on Friday for our Friday show. And, of course, the Sunday Fab Show, talking streamers and waiver wire pickups. And the following week, that will be, it'll be the last week of April before we head into May. And, you know, soon enough, it'll be summertime, and we'll be in the full swing of things, dearie. Aren't you excited? I am so excited. The snow is now melting. It snowed yesterday here in Ann Arbor. Like, <laughs> it what, did. what the fuck? <laughs> it did. It really snowed. It wasn't two, a joke. We had two weeks of like 65, 70 degree weather and then it snows. I don't get it. Yeah. My gas was out. I couldn't have, I actually, I was like, oh, I won't need any heat anymore. And then it snowed yesterday and I really did need the heat, it turns out. So, yeah. uh, oh, one other guy I want to mention, uh, Christian Walker. Take a look at him. He should be coming back sooner than later. I don't know if it'll be this week, but next week, 
I think Christian Walker will return from the IL for the Diamondbacks, and that's a nice guy. Pick up some power, and surprisingly enough, he can run some bags too. Uh, cheap steals and power, always a good thing in fantasy baseball. Run those bags. Run those bags. Run those bags. Woo, 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 woo. Run those bags. All right. I'm Michael Govier. MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor. I-E-R on Twitter. He's Chris Deary. C. Deary 1999. Dearly, as in dearly beloved, of course. We'll see you guys on Friday. Bye-bye. See you. He's Edwin Rios, and he has the strongest hands. When a Patron hits his bat, who can say where it will land? With Justin Turner gone, he'll shine like we know he can. When a Rios homer lands, it's across the Rio Grande. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. (laughs) Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.